the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha, they're coming to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take me away. was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. Uh, I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up there. No, no, let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time. Super Joe. Okay. That's why I'm running. And I want to check my shape on. Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's so many compilation gaps. I didn't know which one to go with. Dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were. Make sure the television. <laughs> excuse me. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, "Hey, Esther, you off the board. I'll come up and drag you off." Esther. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the. You know the thing. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. Ooh. You know. I, and they talk about Trump's mouth. <laughs> you know, there he is. I mean, you can't call him Slow Joe anymore. It's Super Joe. Uh, why are you looking at me when I played the song? You, this is, I heard parts of it where they, you know. You've heard this song before. I've right? heard parts of it, not really? the beginning. There's the, I think, the one choir chorus part. Not choir chorus part. Oh, that's the that, you know that, that's the uh, great uh, Jerry Samuels. Here, you know, um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that was a one hit wonder. Um, I would guess. I don't even know his stage name. What was his stage name? It was it was like Napoleon. That was like Roman numerals. I think it was like Napoleon 14, but the 14 was like in Roman numerals. Okay. Um, but that came out in 1966. Yeah. Um, my, my it was time. a big hit, Carrie. Really? It reached number three on the Billboard Top 100. It was a global smash. Well, that's because there weren't people like um, doing acid and well, <laughs> in the 60s. There's a lot of you know urban legends <laughs> that a lot, people mushrooms. who you know would freak out if they were do if they were high and they were watching that video because it was so bizarre that they would just like get paranoid and stuff. But um, all right, so there we go. Yeah, so it's it's um, what do we have? You know. You know, last week we were talking about, you know, would we have a, a, a 
Bernie Sanders, you know, Super Tuesday nominee locked up, right? And and the and apparently we don't, right? Um, so Super Joe um, with a super comeback. I, I, I can't. I, you know, I guess we can't. I don't think we can call Joe a comeback kid. Comeback geriatric? Can we call him? Yeah, that? maybe. Um, and and so we'll see. So we'll see how that goes. And so now it's a two man race. Um, and you know we'll see. One of the things that I think is going to be on, um, and it's already started with like a little Twitter war um, between the two of them, Carrie. And that that's kind of like you know what they're going to say about how they're going to save Social Security, right? So Bernie Sanders, and, and I've been talking about Social Security. Uh, good morning, everyone. And Mark Daly and Carrie Waddell. Carrie, I know you're going to get us introduction mm-hmm. here in a minute, but um, you found Financial Food for Thought. And we're just talking about, you know, I've, uh, on the show we've been talking about Social Security, you know, the, the, the entitlement program that's got financial issues is going to be on the ticket this year, right? Um, and the, the, so Bernie Sanders, during the week, you know, after, you know, losing badly to Joe Biden on Super Tuesday, Kind of came out and went on the attack and and was saying that you know Joe Biden has got a terrible um, you know history um, about you know talking about how he would be in favor of cutting Social Security benefits. Okay, and then um, of course Joe Biden snapped back and said you know that's ridiculous you know that um he you know his number one goal is to you know protect and expand social security and he just keeps saying it's Donald Trump who is the one who's going to cut social security benefits um and so there's a little bit of a social security and so we'll be talking about that you know and again you know you know what you know a lot of people think that you know that the the way that they're going to solve Social Security isn't by cutting benefits, no matter which political right. side you're on, because both political, you know, anyone who politically, you know, anyone in our political structure who votes for cutting benefits is probably going to be out of a job. Right. Um, and so it's back to more what we've been talking about in this show is not necessarily the threat of them cutting benefits. It could be how much they're going to increase taxes. And we think that's maybe a more realistic. Um, and. You know, and, and even though, you know, you can't control what Congress does or who is elected president in November, you got one vote, make it count. Um, but the idea is what can you do when you're building a financial plan, you know, to try to correctly or, you know, conservatively and realistically uh, make a calculation if you are still working and still paying into the Social Security you know, can you, you know, what can you do? So what we do at the estate plan team for our clients is we keep, you know, for example, especially if you're in the high income carrier, you know, because mm-hmm. if you're, if you're getting capped out, you know, in other words, only a certain of only a certain amount of your dollar first wages are subject to the social security tax. Mm-hmm. Right. So for example, for 2020, that cap is 137,700. Right. And that goes up every year with inflation. Right. And, and that's the key. See, we build the inflation in on that for our clients, you know, because what we want to show them is that we're trying to realistically. Now, this is where you say, well, Mark, how much inflation should I, if I'm doing this at home, how much inflation should I build in? 
Um, well, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, Kippingler, you know, they they put out their projection, and they're very high here. So, you know, and, and the way it goes up, it's based on like a wage-based um, cost of living monitor. Right. right. Okay. And so that's what the government uses. All right. And so, um, you know, so some people believe that wages are going to be going up in the future at, a, at you know, at, you know, that eventually this slow growth is going to end. I'm not so sure. I'm a little bit more. I don't know how much the wage base is going to growing. So, it, you know, but in this circumstance, if you think the wage uh, wage monitor wage base is going to be growing, that means the cap is going to be going up higher. Right. Okay. So, um, for example, uh, Kiblinger, they're saying that the twenty the twenty twenty one cap would be one hundred forty two thousand two hundred. The twenty two cap would be one hundred forty seven nine hundred. Twenty three hundred fifty four. Ching ching. Right. One hundred fifty four. Right. And by twenty twenty four, that cap's going to be up to one hundred sixty two thousand. You know, that's that's ruffling. That's getting close to a five percent increase. Well, and here's the thing: is that gives you an example of how. Probably they could raise more funds for Social Security. All they do is increase the cap higher. Right. But but here's the difference. You know, in other words, that's without a law change. Right. But I'm just saying you know, that's an easier fix to right. just say, let's either have no cap or we right. talked about the but donut But you need cap. the votes in Congress to right. do that. You know, that's when we're back to the political campaign. That's more realistic than them cutting benefits. But even what can you do while you're waiting? In other words, so right now I'm not using, you know, Clippinger's 4.8% annual increase in the wage base. I think that's maybe well, under current circumstances, not the least of which is the, you know, global slowdown due to the COVID-19, which, you know, we have to talk about. Um, but I'm, if you look at like, a, I'm looking at a five-year rolling average of that right. wage base increase, it's about three, per, about 3.08%. So, you know, but that's, so that's what I'm building into our, our clients' plans right now. Um, and then that's giving them a little bit more realistic. So that's just one of the things that, you know, we keep our eyes and ears, you know, open and, and listening to what's happening. And, and we don't get too excited about presidential candidates' campaign promises. No. Um, but we do say, you know, d- do we have the ability that we can make customization changes in any one client's plan to make it more realistic to them? And so that's just a good example how and, – and by the way, we also now – if we do have a, a, a tax law change that's going to change, like you're saying, they're just going to you know take the cap off right. or create a donut hole, which is probably more realistic. Right. Um, you know, would that – you know, again, that might not affect you. You know, we always say about building a, a financial plan, you know, don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. You know, or don't ask your coworker. You know how much uh, their subject. You know what what's happening in their wage base. You know you got to take care of yourself. So you know if we do have an increase, that it, it might not affect you anyways. In other words, because it may be someone at a much higher level of income than you. So that's why you know you have to you know you have to customize it to because you're trying to build your plan, not you know your neighbor's plan. Right. And that's what we do. And good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM. We are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information, financial news and headlines that may impact your financial life. And we're here to talk about planning strategies and different concepts, whether you're working or someone who is already in retirement. And this show is sponsored by the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been in the Cleveland area more than 35 years. Um, we're a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planner, A plus um, 
ratings from the Better Business Bureau accredited and also A-rated members of Angie's List. Um, But what we do is build custom financial plans. We play that role of an objective, unbiased advisor to our clients. Um, When we make recommendations, it's based on that objective, detailed analysis. We build those custom financial plans. Um, We don't do investments. Our clients either have someone placed to do that or play the role of the investment advisor themselves. What we do is look at your assets in terms of risk, growth, and tax efficiency. And we try to help people analyze choices and take advantage of opportunities in the complicated tax code and also make better choices so you're getting more net benefit. And also, if you're working and you want to know what steps you should take today um, during re- um, in preparation for retirement, and then while you're in retirement, what things you should do for cash flow, financial disruptors, certainly are plenty, market volatility, rising healthcare cost, inflation, um, future taxes, and putting it all together. Um, and some of those financial disruptors are also long-term care as part of those healthcare issues. But that's what we deal with. And um, we offer a free, no obligation consultation. If you want to come in and see how our process is different, um, we benefit states of many different sizes. We have smaller states and very, very large estates and people working, retired business owners, families, and um we help people like our plans, our fee structure. We have hourly planning for people who have a good handle on a lot of it, but maybe want help with some pieces and parts and other people who want um, comprehensive planning, which we literally help with the information gathering, recommendations, implementation, and making sure things are done correctly. So you can take advantage of a consultation, see if our process is right for you. Um, Also, you can come out to our March 11th planning class, which is next week. It's our real retirement planning class for retirees and people nearing retirement. We're also going to talk about the SECURE Act, issues that impact your lifestyle, um, and much more. And you can get details online or call the office. We still have spots available, and it's free to attend, and we have some great handouts. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And about the class, Carrie, yeah, the, the retirement class. So we'll be talking about some of the old rules of thumb, right? Mm-hmm. The 4% rule, which, Carrie, now is the 3% rule. Right. I, I told you, I mentioned, I talked to one of our clients this week, and they said, I said, no, it's the 4%. They said, oh, it's the 3 And I was like, I it's didn't not, even have- Yeah, no, I'll contest it's still the 4% rule. Right. It's just that um, the 3% rule, I'm just, nah, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, but we maybe we'll get into that today. But certainly, if you've never, if you don't know, if you've never heard of the four percent rule, come to the class. It's an important tool, financial tool that can help you in a down and dirty way. You know, try to figure out if you're in the ballpark of uh, you know retiring. If you're trying to determine whether you can retire in the next few years, right? Or anytime. I mean, anytime you're just wondering, you know, if you're already in retirement, how much could you be spending every year? Or um, how do you are you is 
maybe this market volatility or some of these um, economic uncertainty, is it going to affect some of your plans that you've had in retirement or some of the gifting or travel or other spending um, that you had planned? Is it going to materially affect some of your financial decisions? And if you have no way to measure, then you're a lot of people panic. I know a lot of people are worried. Um, Really, planning comes down to giving you objective information so you can make decisions and feel good about those decisions or know what you need to do if you're not going to be okay and putting it into actionable steps. Right. So you're, it, 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 it doesn't, um, it prevents, I guess what I'm trying to say, that knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. that people make emotional decisions because they have no way of judging the long-term effect, you know, because it's hard to run 20, 25, do I hear 30 years of retirement cash flows in you our heads? You can't do that? I can't do that. Right. Um, well, also, you know, if, if you're in the younger set, we'll talk about the 50, 30, 20 rule. Um, or if you're, you know, and that's that's a, you know, an idea to say, how do you, per, you know, how do you build yourself a comfortable retirement nest egg? Um, you know, the idea of, you know, breaking out your income into what you're spending on necessities, what you're spending on discretionary and what you're saving every year. Right. And there's not too many people in this country who are saving 20%. Right. Um, so, you know, the, there's been talk about, well, does 15% saving certainly 10 is good. Right. 20 is better. Right. Does 15 work? Um, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, we had a jobs report. Great jobs report. Oh, absolutely. Carrie. Yeah, nobody cares, right? Right. Um, because it was uh, pre-COVID nineteen, um, mm-hmm. and so nobody cares about it. And you know, it, it's well, everyone's just say, well, you know, that's great, but we'll see what next month says. Right. Um, so we won't talk too much about the jobs report because nobody cares. Um, what else happened? Um, the beige book. Okay, speaking, of, you know, came out, and and I think they it referenced the coronavirus for like 45 times carry really and 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 that's <laughs> old dad's data data you know that's the most not the most recent because this COVID 19 is happening so quickly mm-hmm. right um you know and you know and, and it's and now what we've been saying on the show is it's not necessarily the health you know the health risk it's the economic. It's, it's the economic risk. You know, when you shut down the world's second largest economy overnight, no, that's off. That's off maps. That's uncharted. I, I think it's just so much unknown. We don't know. You know, are you going to get the common cold? Are you going to get fit? You know, how is that going to affect employees? I know I've heard of companies too having people stay home and work remotely as a test. Yeah. More and more companies are just saying, hey, if this happens, can we still be productive? Even if we can't be at work and we want to be safe, can we still do our jobs? And I mean, here's just some of the headlines. Okay, Wall Street stock pros fess up. We don't know what's going on. West Coast shows the damage outbreak made due to U.S. businesses. Okay, market mayhem exposes fear about the oil companies. Um, IMF sees more dire global economic possibilities on virus. Fragile safety net leaves U.S. economy vulnerable to the coronavirus hit. Could the coronavirus cause a recession and how? I could go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, see, Carrie, nobody knows. Nobody knows. 
Um, you know, the uh, <laughs> the Wall Street experts don't know. I mean, the, the equity guys, the stock guys don't know what to do. The fixed income guys don't know what to do. All right. The Federal Reserve doesn't know what to do. Right. You know, they, they emergency cut rates, 50 basis points. It, Why? It, the market just went and went down. You know, that's what everybody's saying. What, what did it do? Did it do anything? Um, now, some people say, well, we'll see 18 months from now what it did. Well, who knows, if, you, right. know, you know, what's going to happen in 18 months. Um, and then, you know, even after that, you know, you know the, the St. Louis Fed, I heard him talking on, you know, Bloomberg, that his name is Jim Bullard. And, and he, he he basically was said nothing. You know, they, they had good questions. And he's like, I don't know. Well, we, you know, and, and they're saying, well, is the, now the March 18th. See, everyone was thinking maybe they would. Uh, cut rates on March 18th. Well, they didn't wait till March no. 18th. So now what's happening on March 18th? Is it still a live meeting? Meaning, could they still cut? And he's like, well, every day's alive. Meaning they're saying, you know, we may cut tomorrow. We don't know. Um, you know, we can move that quickly. Um, just before, you know, they cut the rates, um, they said that, you know, monetary policy isn't the coronavirus vaccine. Okay, um, it's going to need, you know, uh, fiscal stimulus, um, not only from our government, from globally. Right. Um, And, you know, and and we don't know what's happening there. So, you know, President Trump, he signs what? Eight billion. Eight billion dollar. And then he ended up, you know, he canceled a visit to the CDC. Then he was going to the CDC on Friday. Yeah. Eight point three billion. (laughs) Carrie. I mean, where's my uh, where's where's my my little you know yeah you know where's that money going? And, and I don't know, maybe and, research. And, and and I mean, there goes the deficit. Right, research team, but well, you have to take action on. I mean, I well, guess there, it's because there's so many unknowns. Well, I guess they're saying most of the money right now is going to go to the states, and, and specifically the states who've got uh, the outbreaks. Okay. You know, Washington, California, um, you know, and then a lot the public. I would lab, hope some of it to research. And so public to... lab tests. Remember, because they don't have enough kits to test right. everybody. That's a big problem. Right. And it, they said if you have a mild case, it's hard to know the difference between a common cold and. So while we're waiting. Virus. Right. So mm. while we're waiting to get millions and we've got a million kits. Carrie, we need what? A uh, hundred million. OK, so it's going to take a while to make this. So then they need the money's going to go to quarantine efforts. Right. Because right. if you're waiting to be tested, you got to be quarantined still. Right. OK. Um, then you, we could talk about the sanitization of, of public areas. So are we going to see men in the white, you know, outfits spraying the, yeah. you, know, you know, like we have in other well, I countries? I told you, like, the, I know you said they were like, I went to the store the other day and I was just getting soap and his hand sanitizer was gone. The Clorox wipes, which I get those anyway, are gone (laughs) off the shelves. So nobody knows what to do. Right. Nobody has the answer. No. Okay. Now, look at the globally. Germany is on the verge of recession. Remember, they had 0.1% increase in the last quarter or whatever. Right. And saved them from saying they were in recession. Italy's got problems with the virus, right? France is in trouble financially. Japan, they've spent $26 billion on these Olympics. They don't even know if it's going to, They don't know if if they are going to have, no one's going to show up, right? Um, Now, maybe they still got the TV right of you, but is the TV going to back out now of the the contract? You know, China, they're just dropping helicopter money enough said right you know that's you know no waiting around for stimulus there let's just you know drop the money um so and how low can the fed cut rates you know i I mean are they going negative 
Um, you know, so we'll see. So, I mean, the only consensus <laughs> recommendation, Carrie, that I've heard on the DIY uh, this yeah. week, you know, that's my do-it-yourself internet, is um, refinance your mortgage. Right. And take the cash flow savings and buy gold. Okay. There you go, Carrie. All right. That's easy. It's always that simple, isn't it? Possibly not. I love those blanket or spend less, save more. Anyway, if you want to know what actionable steps you should be taking and what you can and, the, and handling the financial life that you can control and knowing what's possible and addressing these potential problems or the things that you're worried about from an objective, unbiased, fee-based planner that's been around the Cleveland area more than 35 years, call the estate planning team for a free consultation. We can do consultations by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights and we have offices around the greater Cleveland area. Um, or you can also come out to our March 11th planning class next week at six o'clock for retirees and people nearing retirement. We're focusing on steps and strategies to take in preparation for and during retirement. Retirement rules you often hear about that you may consider breaking, like the 4% rule. Um, concerns, it's a 3% rule, right? Carrie. Concerns about inflation, market volatility, rising health care costs, future taxes. And if you're in the camp that thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future, you want to understand opportunities and traps in this complicated tax code and what, um, how do you create that um, tax-efficient income, timing of Social Security, long-term care. I know that's a topic in itself. Um, you know, a lot of times even people come in for a consultation. There are more ways to address the long-term care dilemma. Um, there are a lot of creative ways. And if you want to come out to the class, it's free or come in for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. Leave a message and we'll get back to you on Monday morning. Again, that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. So no one can... Uh say that they know what the long-term effect of the coronavirus is, whether it be from a healthcare standpoint or an economic standpoint. But everything is in turmoil right now. Mm -hmm. The volatility is off the charts, right? Um, you know, just how many days in the last, you know, 10 trading sessions has the S&P 500, you know, Carrie, we keep track of, you know, how many interday you know any any one day two percent movements up or down mm -hmm. right and then we can talk about parabolic movements that's a four percent increase or decrease in any one day and we've had a few of those right um the vix you know the volatility index you know carry 20 is normal right calm right. you know okay 30 you know people start pushing the panic button okay well we we were at a week straight above 30 okay um friday i think at one point it was over 47 now, 50 carry, that's blood in the streets, right? You know I mean? Right, but you also, um, this is just such an unknown. Right. And now, but typically 50 is when, you know, like when the old season pros like Warren Buffett start buying, you know, because they're saying, you know, that's right. when they, they want to buy. Um, you know, now OPEC is, OPEC is in turmoil, right? Um, because, you know, they've lost, you know, they don't know what to do. They're, they're, they're walking out of their meetings because it, see, they're losing control. It's it's not a supply issue. They're they're right. very good at controlling supply. This is a demand issue. Right. So if there's no demand, what are they going to do? Yeah, um, I've seen gas prices. Um, they've gone down quite a bit. Um, you know, and you know, so so you know, so what can you do at home? Well, it, it's back to the uh, idea. Well, Larry Kudlow, uh, what what does he say to do? 
Okay, because, you know, he's one of you know, President Trump's main financial spokesmen, right? Everybody likes Larry, right? Um, and, you know, he's kind of saying, well, you know, he's trying to calm everybody. Everybody should remain calm, right? He was interviewed uh, all over the place uh, in the last couple of days, right? Um, he's saying, go to work. You know, you're saying, you know, some people are saying stay home. He's saying, no, you got to go to work, <laughs> you know, because you got to keep the, keep the, the wheels turning. Um, and, and, you know, they're asking him though, but what is the government going to do now? What now? What don't just don't say what the fed cut rates, cut rates, right. cut rates. What is the government going to do? Okay. Beyond this 8.3 billion, uh, package, which I don't know, that's really, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but is that going to be enough? Um, or what's their next step if that's not enough? Okay. Um, you know, are they, how about a payroll tax cut? Okay. Um, now I'm saying that's not going to help the Social Security entitlement coffers, right? If they, you know, and, and and basically Larry responded saying, "No, that we're not doing that right now." You know, that's that's we don't know if that would work. You know, he's saying he's saying right now Trump's administration is more looking at ma- you know, not macro big stimulus right. packages that that's just going to shoot this deficit even worse, but more you know, um, more micro or more you know as needed. You know, more, you know, measures to help specific, you know, things that, you know, the problem. It could be um, if you have to stay home from work, right. you know, are, can, you, can you get some uh, benefit? Or small businesses who need a bridge over this, you know, with the, you know, if the supply, you know, chain, you know, gets too disrupted by the China shutdown. Um, so, you know, more targeted micro stimulus, you know, the, t- treating this as really a temporary. See, that's what they want. They, 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 everyone hopes that this is just temporary, you know, that, you know, as a warm weather comes up, the virus dies out. So China goes back to work. We don't have a major outbreak in the U.S. and everything's fine. Um, but, you know, you know, so w- what do you what can you do at home? Well, it's the same thing. You know, what, you know, if you think that this could, you know, we always talk about, you, you know, could or have you built your plan R? In other words, do you think that this is a global enough threat that would, you know, start maybe a global or a recession in other, you know, European countries and or China or the Far East? And will that eventually bleed into the U.S., right? Um, maybe you don't, maybe you think that, you know, strong, you know, jobs report, um, you know, consumers are still spending, but our, you know, but how much spending is going to go away here if we all stay home? Oh, the travel industry is in trouble, right? Oh, the cruise lines. Um, Who's going to book a cruise right now and be stranded? Uh, my son. Oh, really? Yeah, my number one son, right? <laughs> now, you know, he, work, he works for Lincoln Electric. So, so he, he's a Lincoln Electric engineer. So, Probably got a good deal, in all honesty. Well, well, no. I mean, he had booked for a while, oh, okay. long before the coronavirus. Um, you know, but the idea is, you know, Lincoln Electric cut out travel, you know, business travel. Right. So that was shut down. But did it stop my son from canceling his cruise? No. So the millennials, you know. He's young. It's not going to happen to them, yeah. Um, I said, I just hope you're not quarantined on a ship for, you know, three weeks. Yeah, that would be terrible. I mean, hopefully he go has a good time, enjoys the sunshine, and that doesn't happen. Um, so, so how does it, so, but let's say you don't believe, well, that a global recession is on the horizon, that this is a temporary, and by the second half of the year, we're back to normal. 
Okay. Um, but the, the point is, you know, what has this already affected? What, should you be changing your economic model based on what's already happened? For example, lower rates mm-hmm. or our joke tongue in cheek about how the 4% rule is now the 3% rule. Okay. All right. Um, and, you know, it's the idea that's saying, well, Mark, maybe <laughs> I don't believe that there's going to be a recession or a major economic downturn in the next, um, you know, year or two years. I still think it's out. But do you need to lower what normally you would think your 60-40 or your 50-50 investment allocation is going to earn you in this slower growth? Because I don't think anyone can contest we're not in a slower growth period. You know, uh, this is going to be a hit to GDP globally as well as the U.S. All right. Um, now, maybe it's not too extended. Maybe it doesn't cause negative GDP, which, you know, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP is the technical definition of a recession. All right. So uh, you, you saw, saw a bunch of articles, Carrie, come out right this week talking about how the 4% rule is broken. Okay. If you're not familiar with the 4% rule, it's, you know, William Benjamin's rule that basically uh, is, is a way, a, a quick way that you could say, you know, how do I determine what a safe withdrawal rate is from my investment nest eggs when I'm in retirement? Okay. And the idea is, you, you know, you don't want to run out of money before life. Mm-hmm. So how do you know if I'm taking out too much too early for my longevity financial uh, well-being? So um, the idea is it's based on a certain um, assumptions that you're making. Now, if I'll go in much more detail in the class or if you come in for a consultation, and we've talked about this on the show all the time. You can go back and hear our podcast, and we've talked about it. But basically, when Benjamin do it, you have to keep the idea there's only three or about three or four assumptions. But the key is if they're not your assumptions, that's why you have to modify the 4% rule. So the way Benjamin did it, right, was, first of all, the time period. So he was using 30 years. So if, you're, if your time period between now and the day you think you're going to die is not 30 years, you might have to adjust the rule. Okay. Uh, secondly, he was using a 5% rate of return. So if you don't think that 5% is the right rate of return, you would have to modify to what rate of return you want to tell the robot to use, and that would obviously change the result, the 4% rule. Okay. The third assumption is that he built in a cost of living increase with the idea, meaning whatever you withdraw in year one, you know, i.e. the 4%. So let's take our million dollar example that makes the math easy. You're taking out $40,000 in year one. But then in year two, you wouldn't take out $40,000. You wouldn't take out 4% of the balance. What you take out in year two is 3.5% more than what you took out in year one. To account for inflation. To account for cost of living increases. So in the second year, you're taking out 42000 and then so forth. And then if you follow that plan and assume a 5% rate of return, you know, it doesn't matter what balance you start with. As you get to the end of that 30-year period your nest egg is approaching zero. So it's the, it's the client who wants to spend the last dollar in the last day. Right. right? Um, now, so all these, you know, so now, you know, saying, well, why are they saying then, Carrie, why are the talking heads and the 
experts and the economists in their ivory towers saying the 4% rule is broken. Okay. Well, it gets back to the idea they're saying because what when Benjamin was looking at his now here's where there's some, you know, misconceptions out there. Yes, Benjamin, you know, he published his work in I think 1993 or 1994. But he had he didn't just use the numbers then. He went back and tested, back tested 30-year periods as long as he could. So it wasn't just like he was using what the stock market was doing or what fixed rates were doing in 1993. No, no, he was using historical. But still, historically, people today are saying, you know, with these rate cuts and these negative, you know, know, that the rates are so low, you can't assume that your, you know, your portfolio if you have that same amount in fixed, whether it be 50 or 60%, it's not going to earn what it used to. And if we if we have a GDP, a global GDP under three, a U.S. GDP under two, how are you sure stocks are going to be able to return what they historically have returned? All right. So they say you have to lower your expectations on what rate of return, you know, you're assuming, assuming you're not changing your risk factor, right? And by the way, Benjamin, when he did it, it, it really was about a 50-50 portfolio, okay? Meaning that um, on the growth side, if you could earn, let's say, six, and on the fixed side, you could earn four, you know, your 50-50 carry gets mm-hmm. you back to a 5% rate of return. Okay. Now, when we started, you know, with the, you know, lost decade, when we started to see the quantitative easing and the decline in interest rates... The stocks, it, it pumped the stocks up, you know, after the Great Recession. So so, so then we were more thinking, was more, even it's more like 7% on the growth side, the stock side, and 3% on the fixed side. And that's still, the 50-50 portfolio got you five, all right? But now here's what, what they're saying. So, so this was, you know, an article, and one of the many articles that have been coming out on this. And, you know, the writer's saying that... Um, you know, the 10-year Treasury yield considered by the global benchmark was much higher when the study was conducted in the 1990s, which was at around 5 or 6%. Following the Fed's rates cuts, it's dropped below 1% for the first time ever. Rates this low, plus lengthening U.S. life expectancies, mean that the moderate investors following the 4% rule only have a 1 in 3 chance of, um, or, you know, have, you know have, have a 1 in 3 chance of running out of money. Right. Whereas, you know, before they had a, 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 like a, a, almost a 0% of running out of money. Okay, so now it's a 30%, 33% chance of running out of money. That's a big swing, right? So they're saying the same thing. They're saying because now, th- so what they're implying there is that you don't think 30 years is long enough for your retirement. Right. I, care, I don't know if too many people today think that they're going to be in retirement longer than 30 years. Unless you want to retire really early. Okay. Um, so I don't know, you know, but if that's the case, then that's why you have to adjust it, right? Um, and and so they're saying it's, you know, um, it's really tough right now. You know, today's investors should expect to withdraw no more than 3% a year in retirement. Now. That's no fun. That is, you know, now, <laughs> but. So what are they really saying there? This is why I challenge that number. Okay. Um, And there's also a further comment that, um, you know, inflation right now is running about two and a half percent. 
So maybe less than what Benjamin originally used in the 90s, which was 3.5%. Now, this is where you don't ask your neighbor what inflation factor they're using. What do you want to use in your plan? All right. But if they're saying that, that, um, well, let's start, let's just say that, okay, let's go with the revised 3% rule, Carrie. Okay. And let's assume that we're not going to use 3.5% inflation. We're going to use 2.5% inflation. Okay. You with me? Yep. All right. Let's start with our same million dollars. Okay. Let's keep the same 30-year period. Okay. So if you had a million dollars and you want to spend the last dollar in the last day in 30 years. Okay. And whatever you, you're going to take out 3% in the first year. Okay. The new 3% withdrawal rate. Right, Gary? Mm-hmm. And you're going to assume 2.5% cost of living increases. So in the first year, you take out 30000 Second year, you take out 30750 et cetera. Okay. So now we can force what the rate of return needs to be because we we filled in all the, the other assumptions, right? right? Okay. Well, can you do that math in your head, Carrie? No. The answer is 1.8%. Okay. So apparently when this author is saying that you have to follow now a 30%, I'm sorry, a 3% withdrawal, and still keep um, an only a two and a half in, in two and a half inflation. He's saying the best you can expect from your fifty fifty portfolio is one point eight percent. That doesn't make sense. I mean, what does that really mean? That, that maybe it, if you're. It, I mean, so let's say that all fixed. That means you think. Well, fixed? no, it's still fifty fifty, Carrie. Right. So See, that's the 4%, what I'm saying. There's yeah. a disconnect. Yeah. Right. So the fifty percent rule is based on a fifty fifty portfolio. So if they're saying all things can equal except now. It's a 3% withdrawal rate from a 4% withdrawal rate and a 2.5% inflation instead of 3.5% inflation, you you know, you would need 1.8% return. So if the fixed side is earning one, let's say, right. let's let's drag that all the way down to one. We're not quite negative yet in, in, in right. the US government, right? So let's drag that down to one. And then that then we can force what the growth side would have to be. It's 2.6%. So now is the author saying that we can only expect 2.6% and, and the stock side and 1%? I, I don't know if I buy that. Well, I think sometimes there's articles that are just blanket easy answers. Or, or yeah. or Without you know, really much thought. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Do you understand how these rules work? And how do they, how can you use them to understand what your spending is and what you need to do and what, how, you know, what you, what spending you level or what growth rate you need to do to be okay. Now, let me go one step further. Let's say maybe the author didn't mean that he was going to change the inflation rate from three and a half to two and a half. Okay. So let's put the inflation rate back up at three and a half. Okay. Okay. That means you're going to need a higher rate of return, right? Right. Um, but let's say maybe that's what he meant. You know, the okay. devil's in the details, right? right. This is why we say the 4% rule isn't broken. Just do you know how to customize it for your own circumstances? Okay, so now if I if I put that cost of living factor back up to 3.5%, okay? So in year one, you're still taking out the 3%, 30,000. Right. But now in year two, you're taking out 31,050. Okay. okay? 3.5% more than year one, all right? Now that means the investment rate has to go up to 2.77 percent um you know what was it okay you know instead of the 1.8 percent well maybe this is a little bit so now we're saying and so maybe now he's saying that maybe the fixed side you can get one and a half percent and maybe on the growth side stocks you could get four percent 
So you got 4% earning 50, 4%, you know, 50% of your money is right. earning four and 50% of your money is earning one and a half. Okay. That gets you back to about 2.75, two point, which is what you need, you know, to make it work. Okay. So maybe that's what he meant. Okay. Um, but in either case, the idea is um, if if you were using the 4% rule and you were using a 30-year time period and you were assuming a 5% rate of return, that you might not be able to get that 5% rate of return with just a 50-50 portfolio. Or if you don't want to increase your risk, you may have to reduce you know, the 5% and then run your plan based on a lower, slower growth economy. Now, the question is, do you think eventually we'll come out of that? So the question is, well, do you run that forever or do you run it for a certain period of time? That's where, you know, you have to continue to work and manage your financial plan. And that's just one issue we deal with at the estate planning team for our clients and giving them clarity through objective information. So you can take advantage of a free no obligation consultation or come out to our March 11th class. That's one of the rules that we're going to talk about in more detail and much more. And that's March 11th at six o'clock in Middleburg Heights, free to attend planning strategies and concepts. You're going to hear things you're not hearing out there elsewhere. And there's um, good, helpful information Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Right. And so so the 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 the, the idea that in nineteen the early nineteen nineties there weren't a lot of great financial planning tool models that have been created yet. Okay, we just started working with Excel and and some of the things, but today it's a completely different picture. See, see, this is where you, you know the point about whether you're using the four percent rule or the three percent rule or what have you is that no matter what you're starting with, you don't just assume it's not gonna, never going to change. And so that's what you know. That's the that's learning the discipline of financial planning. That's what we help our clients try to understand. It's just, you know, the four percent rule is just a it's just a tool. It's to see are you in the ballpark? And maybe, you know, you, you could even expand on the four percent rule, Carrie. And let's say you were back in the camp who actually think that there is going to be a, a major economic downturn, i.e. a US recession in the next year or two. And that was still corresponding with, you know, the idea that you were planning on retiring at that or some major life event. You were planning on buying a new house or you were planning on paying for college education or a daughter's wedding, what have you. You know, the idea is, okay, well, so what we can do is we can tell the robot, hey, use the 4% rule, customize to my own circumstances, but also model in an economic downturn. So don't assume that I'm just going to earn 5% every right. year or 4% every year or 3% every year. Actually, I want to say, I mean, tell the robot, hey, m- you, know, m- m- you know, model in a 50% decline in year one, then maybe a 0% in year two, and then maybe uh, 2.5% uh, in year three, and then maybe by year four, I'm back to my 5%. Mm-hmm. And see what that does to your 4% rule. And, you know, those are some of the, you know, so when we run a 4% uh, analysis for our clients, we go through many different scenarios to help them try to understand. And, and, to, and again, it's the idea of have you seen enough 
you know, data enough, you know, long-term effect of what could be happening now that it leaves you in a better decision-making mode. All right. You gonna play more of Joe talking? No. no. He didn't play any Bernie this week. No, he's done. Do you know this is scary? Have you ever heard this song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you sing it? Uh, it sounds very familiar. Okay. Um, the name of the song is Time I'm, is on My yeah, Side. I... It's, it's a pretty popular group. I figured. I was. I know the voice. I'm just not. Yeah, he's kind of like, you know, he's, they're still going at it here. Okay. As a matter of fact, they're coming to, you know, the town this summer. Okay. And That's get, not going to help me. No. There's a group called the Rolling Stones. Okay, yeah. The lead singer's name is Mick Jagger. Yeah. If you didn't know. So why am I playing? He's still playing? Like, still? The Strolling Bones. Um, We got the time change this weekend. Who knew? I know. All right. I did, yeah. Um, Because I had kids complaining they were going to lose an hour on the weekend. Yeah. And they can thank George Hudson for that, Carrie. Right. I've heard they've argued to get rid of it. Well, yeah, he's he's from New Zealand. He was the uh, entomologist. You know, he's he's the one who really. Well, I mean. Oh, so it came from a bug person. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's the reason why he did it. So it was in 1895. Right? I, you always hear about it being the farmers, which I. Well, when America picked right. it up, he was from New Zealand. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, historically, biblical times, they're always playing around with the clock, right? right. But. He was the modern day one who really okay. got the global effort going. I didn't realize. Yeah, the entomologist started that. Yeah, and basically because the way his shift work, you know, worked, right? He 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 didn't have enough leisure time to to go out and you know find insects. Okay. So that was this whole reason why he wanted an extra hour of daylight. So when he got off work, he would have more time. Now, Carrie, I don't know what you're gonna do with your. Extra hour of daylight, but I, I doubt if it's going to be looking for insects in your backyard. Nah, not, not even close. Right. So thank you, George, for that. I think. I don't know. Mm. Um, all right. One of the things at the class certainly we'll be talking about is um, the, the SECURE Act. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've been doing... Um, Secure Act briefs on the radio show uh, over the last, you know, since it was passed, which was, you know, in December of last year, um, taking effect January 1st. And we'll continue to talk about the Secure Act, Carrie, right? You know, it's not going away. And the paint is still, you know, barely dry on it. So, you know, there's a lot, there's still some misconceptions out there. Um, but one of them, Carrie, is that, you know, one of the big changes is that they raise the required minimum age, right, from 70 and a half to age 72. Okay. And the idea there is that, you know, it's it's when you attain age 70 and a half. So, so your grandfather, if you had attained age 70 and a half prior to January 1st of 2020, you're under the old plan. It doesn't change for you. Right. Okay, you continue following and doing the required minimum. If you attain age 70 and a half after January 1st of 2020, you're under the new age 72. Mm-hmm. All right. But remember, because this was done so late last year, 
And then you, immediately, December 20th, I think it was, Carrie, right? And then we went into the holidays, right? Um, a lot of the custodians had already, you know, it was their systems were already ready to crank out the letters that they would send out to all their clients who were on their, you know, system was going to attain age 70 and a half right. in 2020. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't stop them. Right. They were already out the door. Okay. Um, so there's been some confusion about that because there are some people who are getting letters from their custodians, even though, you know, that they're, you know, they're attaining age 70 and a half in 2020. And the letters are saying they have a required minimum. Which just means their system crossed. Yes. But I would think if you got that, it's going to cause some confusion. Right. So to alleviate the confusion, they're wrong. Okay. And if you want to, if you, and and then, so what you want to do is if you got one of those letters, or if your neighbor's asking you if you got one of those letters, because they got one, um, just tell them, no, it's, you know, just as long as you attain the age Seventy and a half after January first of twenty twenty, your required minimum date is seventy two. And I had someone call. They turned seventy and a half in December of twenty nineteen. There's a seventy and a Sorry. half. Right. Um, and so and so and again. So that's just a good idea of you know how we talk about coordination of advisors. Okay. Um, and you know so you can call that custodian and talk to them about it. You can talk to your tax preparer about it. Um, and your financial planner and to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Another one is, you know, the, the idea that, um, you know, speaking of time and 70 and a half is that under the old rule before the Secure Act, you if you were still working, having earned income after the age of 70 and a half, the required minimum distribution, you weren't allowed to fund a traditional IRA. That's now gone, but you still have to have earned income. Right. So it, 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 you can't, you know, that's the key. So I don't know how many people above age 70 and a half or now 72 are still going to have earned income. Maybe a lot of us will. So, yes, you can still fund those. But uh, next week, Carrie, believe it or not, March Madness is beginning. Oh, geez. Like everything, there's opportunities and potential problems. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.